Regal Movie Masters. Unlimited. This is the Regal Movie Masters Unlimited podcast where we indiscriminately watch every goddamn movie that comes out at the local theater. Uh, the Movie Masters today are Justine. Hello. Brent. Hello. Dylan. Hey. And I'm Colin, and I'm wishing all of you a Feliz Navi Dodd <laughs> as we just got out of Avatar 2, The Way of the Water, a short film, an independent film uh, put out by an upcoming director, Jimmy. Jimmy Cameron. This is a sequel to the 2009 uh, small independent short film called Avatar, just Avatar. This round, we return to the land of Pandora to see um, the Navi people are still struggling with the exact same thing that they were struggling with in the first movie, which is that the sky people are coming down and they're taking their stuff. They don't understand the way of the water. They don't understand how to have harmony with nature. They just take and they take. But thankfully, Jack Sully, James Sully? Jack. Jack Sully. And his now full avatar form and his family, they're here to put a stop to it. But they got to run away to a water people and they meet a whole new people. There's been this people. They've been there the whole time. They're in the water. And baby, we are in the water because it's the way of the water. Uh, I wanted to like this. (laughs) I really went into this film like avatar agnostic. Like when the first movie came out. I was a um, much more cynical person and I watched it on like DVD, like while, you know, clowning on it. So I was not taking the first movie seriously. Rewatched it recently, like within the last couple of weeks. I rewatched Avatar because I'm like, I'm going to prep. This is a big movie. I don't want to be a jerk and just like be too cool for this movie. I'm going to try to like this movie. So I watched the first one again and it was like, okay, it's like an action sci fi movie. Don't just dismiss it. This, This is the guy that brought you Aliens. And Terminator, put some respect on the name. There is some boots on the ground action sci-fi happening in the first movie, at least. And I really wanted to like this movie. Who here liked it the most? Who can maybe like guide me through it? Uh, I liked it. Okay. Yeah. Should shine some light on this. I don't want to be mean. I'm a populist. I'm with the people. <laughs> What do you want me to tell, say? What to tell the people the good side of this film. Uh, you know, if you're into the first Avatar, you might like this one. <laughs> like, uh, they acknowledge the fact that they're not the water Navi people, <laughs> that they're forest Navi people, and uh, they go to the other, like, I wish they kind of told you how long it took to get from the forest to that yeah. island. It was like, was that like three days or was that like one night? Over, there was a night scene. If, if it was overnight, wouldn't they, like if it was, if you're saying if it was in close proximity, wouldn't we have maybe seen the water people in yeah, the first yeah. one? Yeah, I guess. At some point they show you like they're flying away. Any like we're on a boat and we're traveling kind of movie, like it's nighttime and the waters are crazy and they're crashing all over the place. Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden it's yeah. sunny again and it's like uh, they're there. Right. But it's like, how long was that? Was that one full day? I don't know. Regardless, other than that, that's the one my one gripe of the whole film. I wish they just told us. You wanted a map like in uh, like in a Lord of the Rings book or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just wanted to know like how far and how long right. that drive was. Okay. Um, 
And then they meet what I would assume the Samoans of Navi. Right. You know, they're there and they're just chilling. They, there's like some, you know, fish out of water situations. They have to adapt, right? Yeah, yeah. The, the forest Navi and the, the coral reef Navi. Uh-huh. They got to learn their ways. They got to fit in with this new tribe that they're in. Oh, but why are they on the run in the first place? You left that out. Oh, uh, because... They found Jake Soli. Yes. And uh, they're like, shit, they're coming back for us. Wait a second, us. you said they. Who's they? Sky who people. Fa- who found oh, the sky people. Led AKA by. Humans. Led by Carmela Soprano. But but <laughs> Carmela Soprano being the mastermind of it, who's back, who's the muscle oh, of the organization. The, Colonel. I don't know his name. Colonel Quaritch. Sure. So the first guy, the first bad guy. Yeah, he's back. Is back. Any like, differences? Because he died in the first movie. Uh, he is now a Navi, what? but an avatar. What? Um, what really threw me off about all of that was like, <laughs> I don't tell know me, why. They, tell me what threw you off. I was about like, the guy why they, who died in the first movie coming so, back? As an so avatar. he comes back, right? Right, right, right. And he comes back with other soldiers and avatars, right? So I, I assume they're dead, like their yeah. humans are dead. I think they said, mentioned something very flippantly about um, how they, they sinned in a past life and they're back. Yeah. To like redeem themselves. So like jokingly, they did they like said a, that. a backup, a brain backup <laughs> right. yeah. onto a little disc. All yeah. sold and a then they downloaded it. Yeah. So everyone, <laughs> everyone who's watching the first Avatar and you're seeing humans get murked and you're like, oh, that person had a family back home. They had a life. Well, don't worry. All their memories, unbeknownst to you, were stored on a backup disc to be downloaded into a Navi avatar in, in 2022. Do you think they, they have like the ad-free version of the download? Or is it like, I'm going to shoot this guy. Hold this on, is, watch this ad listen, for Bluetooth first. The earth is dying. And now, whereas before they were trying to get the unobtainium, now... Is it called unobtainium? I, isn't it? Something like that. Shut I up. Swear it was like God. in the tree. Uh, yeah, they were trying to find unobtainium <laughs> in the tree of life in Pandora in the first one. This time around, oh, okay. nary a mention of unobtainium. No, it really seemed like they were there to kill one guy. Yeah, they were <laughs> Well, that's the focus. The sky people come down. Now terraforming it because they said the earth is dying. And they're, when did they say that? Uh, Carmela says that. My main mission here is to make this place livable for people. It doesn't mean that they're going to move all people there. I think it does. They're tr- they're trying I assume to... that that just means they're going to have a base there. Well, you can assume that because they don't tell you what they're there for. There's, or they say nothing of unobtainium like they had in the first movie. And then later on in the movie, there's this whole thing with like <laughs> the whale the whale chemistry in their brain that they're harvesting to make people stop aging, which I don't know what that has to do with if they're going to be living on this new planet. Hey, man, that whale was a composer. Oh, okay. So, okay, Dylan. <laughs> yes. So the colonel is back. Colonel's back. In uh, avatar form. He's hunting uh, Jake Sully in avatar form. Uh-huh. Jake Sully and his people in the forest uh-huh. need to leave to go to the coral place and adapt to the things there. But not his people, but his family. His family. Yeah. So like yeah, five. Yeah, yeah like five, five or six of them. Who are, I, I guess it's fair to say they're doing like tactical strikes on the sky people, the invading humans. They're like fucking up their supply chain. They're messing them up. Like, And the, the Jack's, Jake Sully <laughs> is the leader yeah. Right. In their minds, he's the head insurgent. So they get Sully. Somehow this insurgency just goes away and they can obtain the an obtainium or not. So they have motivate. They the, the sky people have motivation to, to merc Sully. Right. Yeah. Because they're pissed. Because he's fucking their shit up. Yeah. He's their leader. Yes. Okay. And so he goes into hiding with the coral people mm-hmm. and he has his family has to adapt. And then they're hunted by the same people who were hunting them before. Which mm-hmm. doesn't make any sense because they straight up just ditched their own people. 
isn't that the first place that they would have gone looking for him? Is where their their people where they are. know he yeah where they know he should be and, and the where they've been getting attacked and stuff. And I, they just immediately go no it's, burn down some or like other culture. Well yeah yeah they're they're hunting they're hunting Sully. Yeah, they, but they don't know where he's at. Yeah, they don't know where he is. Why so would they they're just see? Murky. Justine, like, please don't encourage them to make this movie any longer. <laughs> so I think what happened. I think what happened is, um, while Carmela is over there in um, the forest area, right? You have to assume she's still. Yeah, she's it? there because you don't see her like, like she's done halfway right. through the movie. She's like gone. Not even halfway. Like maybe. The first 25 minutes, she's gone. Carmela like, Soprano has a brief cameo in yeah, Avatar yeah, yeah. The Way of Water. She's there to like to summarize the plot. She could have a 20-minute monologue, and this movie is so long that that would still count as a cameo. Yes. <laughs> she's also there to drink coffee. She's like in an airplane, like in a one of those train things. That, whatever that things, James and she's Cameron, drinking coffee. <laughs> he wanted to bring back that aliens thing so bad. <laughs> they all oh, have it. That Yeah, that's also in the beginning. She's yeah. drinking coffee everywhere she is. She likes coffee. That's her character. That was a, that I I did think that was a cool part though. Yeah, that, coffee. That shit, no, when when she's first there and she's inside of that that machine where oh. she's oh, but you know she's in that thing. It, they did a good job of like uh, she's holding the coffee cup with it. You know, like you can see actually where her feet are and stuff. Whoever worked on that, good job. Because I'm yeah. sure it was just one person's job for like ten years to work on that. Thing. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> again. We're not here just to take joy in shitting on this movie. All the technology stuff like. The robots, the cranes, the crab robots. That was silly. All the, it was silly. It was silly in a good way. It was silly in the way of like, if I was eight, I would really want a toy <laughs> of that and like break it immediately because <laughs> all the parts of the pieces are too fragile. You know, there was like alien, there was like aliens toys, and you could get that little crane oh, yeah. thing. It was yeah. cool as shit. The aliens toys were legit. There's there's some good toyifying in this movie. Let's give them that. Mm-hmm. But hey, listen, we're talking about plot. We're talking about motivation. That's all nonsense. The star of the show here is the technology, right? That's how it's marketed. Like, James Cameron has reinvented cinema once again. Yeah. It's the, oh, the technology making the movie. Yeah, the CG. Oh, I was like, the movie? I know. I was no. like, there was not that much. No, like, it's, a, it's like a technical thing, right? I suppose. One of my buddies was telling me, he's like, man, in this movie, he experiments with frame rates. You know, because we normally watch stuff at uh, film at 24 frames per second. Okay. He's like, there's some there's some parts where like he's layered 120 blah blah. And so I looked it up. No. Oh, that, it was, no. this was all it's, a myth. It's all. Well, not that listen, we were. This is a, a working person's uh, podcast here. We're we're watching it on a 2D ass, no IMAX, yep. no 3D, regular old kind of showing. So I don't know. Maybe we got like the dumbed down version, and if we were watching it all big, but it should still be a good story. <sighs> yeah, should. I was thinking if. People are, if they're coming out of the 3D one being like, this movie is amazing, whatever. It's like, well, I saw it in 2D and it's it's not a good film. Yeah. <laughs> you have to rely on people just looking at something uh, in 3D. Go to like um, Disneyland you know, yeah. on a ride where you look like you're going through the water. That's not a film. <laughs> you know, it's just you look like you're going through the water. In music, they say the, the true test of a good song is if you could just play it like on an acoustic guitar. And right. It sounds lovely. Same with like watching a film in 2D, you know, like, yeah, you could have like the highfalutin 3D IMAX version yeah. or whatever. And people are like, oh, my God, that was amazing. They're talking about like, you know, the sensation they had, you know, with all the effects on. But yeah, when you reduce it down to its most basic right. form. Years of, down the line, too, people are going to be watching this. Yeah, you're you not going to be able to watch it in 3D. <laughs> so it's, uh, 
did it work for you guys? The the CG, the effects, the character design, like any of the tech stuff that I think is the main attraction here. The only thing I liked was the eyeball design of the whale. Okay. That was it. There we go. I think that there were things that they spent a lot of time on. I know it's like the holy grail of graphics is the water. Right. right. It's like, well, how does the water look? And that's like all that anybody ever talks about. And this is like, okay, there's... There's water. Was there, there was like real stuff, right? I mean, if they, they, you if know, they, they had like the humans on the right. boats and it's like, okay, this must have been filmed in yeah, some but real if they water. Have, if you have to guess, then they did their job, right? Because you can't tell. No, because the... that's in the middle of like <laughs> the ocean. The water in the, in the Navi land is very obviously computer stuff. Right. But um, they did a good job on the water from the top. <laughs> Once you get underwater, it doesn't look like you're underwater. I mean, obviously they did the way that things move and they tried with the hair, but it's like everything under the water just looks like above water. It's just totally clear, you know, and I get it. You can't obscure it too much, but I don't know. It just didn't look like underwater when they were underwater. And then there's a lot of like um, lights. (laughs) Luminescence. Everything lights up. And then I was thinking in different parts when they're like trying to sneak around in the dark when they're trying to fight. Well, you guys are glowing like all over the place. Everyone can see you. Dylan, broad broad strokes. Do you like the look of the film, the the CG and all of that? Some scenes you could tell like they looked really good. The Navi people themselves. Right. But then like like when they show Gamora, I forget her real name yeah, and Gamora. I forgot her Navi name. Yeah, yeah. When they show her sometimes, like she looks good. Like, oh, okay, they really worked on that. When they show her like kind of far. And she's like forced to run. <laughs> it looks really shoddy. Like it just looks bad. Choppy. Choppy. Blurry. And I was like, maybe it's just my eyes, but it happened a lot. So I was like, yeah. I would say the uh, human technology stuff. Right. Like that little spider thing that crawls on the sure. thing. Like I thought that looked cool, but like, I'll be honest, a lot of the effects hurt my eyes. Not like because it sucked. It was mostly my brain trying to process what was yeah, happening. Good point. Yeah, I yeah, think yeah. like my. Main issue is I just cannot connect to watching blue CG things like duke it out for a long time. There's just no human connection there for me. Have like the blue characters that have been on screen (laughs) since the first Avatar movie made you look at Avatars? The Navi. The Navi? Come on, bro. You just spent three hours in Pandora. You got to... Do you feel that, yeah, like like a mystique or like the, uh, the, the villains in Wakanda Forever, like... Does that make the avatars people seem cheaper to you in any sort of well, way? Well, I, I did just watch Slacker, and I remember that chunk of dialogue where they talk about how the Smurfs are uh, blue, and it's getting people, okay. children, used to um, Krishna consciousness and <laughs> seeing Krishna as a positive. So right. in that sense, if we look at it as part of the Krishna okay. uh, propaganda, as as um, you know predicted by Linkletter in 1989, then... Uh, uh, no, I'm down for... I'm yeah, Austin filmmaker Richard Linkletter. Anyways... Um, <laughs> Mystique is cooler. Right. Rebecca Romain Stanos is cooler. And that shit was a lot of hours in makeup. I mean, who knows how much makeup they people are on. Yeah, yeah. Like, to Dylan's point, that's more pleasing to my eye. Yeah. I did rewatch Crimes of the Future since we're kind of at the end of the year, and I'm trying to, like, rewatch the ones that I liked a lot to make sure I still like them a lot. Man, those are really some rough practical effects like the bone chair jiggling around looks like a goddamn bone chair jiggling around and it's so fucking cool like i love it so much even watching it streaming it's great and like effective 
and this $300 billion more yeah. plus movie is like so much to get so little out of me. I, like I said, I think it's the main attraction of the film and it just falls so flat for me at least. But again, maybe I'm, I'm missing something, but Hey, let's dig deeper and talk about the script here. Dialogue. I mean, obviously no one cares about that. That's not what people are watching this movie for. You know what I'm confused about? Go on. So in the first movie, he just knows English, but doesn't know like the Navi language. Don't even. And in this one, everyone (laughs) just knows perfect English. I I was trying to piece it together because in the beginning, they're talking in like Navi language. And he's like, but I prefer it in English. uh, Yeah, yeah. The the papyrus papyrus font. font. And then he. Titles. He goes like, but I prefer to hear it. I prefer talking in English. Yeah, this is and just then they like just, they cut English from like me. the Navi language, and then they, all of a sudden they just switch to English, and everyone's speaking English. Even when like like I'll get <laughs> I'll give you like okay, this is like a compromise. This is filmmaking. We don't want to have the papyrus uh, subtitles the whole time. Yeah. we're gonna have them speak English, but to kind of hackily go like, well, this is basically English to me, so it's we're gonna be in English. Okay, fine. But then they're talking amongst each other and they're just talking in English without Sully around. So like I would get if he's our guide in this world. Yeah. Our first person shooter. Yeah, he's not he's not even much no, in it as and, much as the kids. But they, but it's all English all the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Like it's fine. People worked really hard on it. I yeah. don't want to be like elitist here. You know what's really funny? Go on. If you forgot that that scene happened, the whole like, but I prefer to talk about it in English. Yes. That just means if you forgot that that happens, you just assume the whales know English. (laughs) 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 Like I was, it took me to remember just now like, oh yeah, he did do that. So the whole movie can be in English. Don't forget that fish speak like. Well, uh, they know sign language. Them understanding people, (laughs) fine. Yes. But the part that I'm like, come the fuck on is when the Navi understand like well they you're you're forgetting that they say that they've been like yeah for like for a really long time yeah Yeah, but not the outcast guy yeah but he he, i mean he wasn't always an outcast he's like a kid of those people and so it would be in their culture to know different languages that but not the forest guy again him signing and the whale hearing it no problem. The whale making whale sounds at him. Yeah, they have to have the after, after he bonds, he knows those sounds. But he didn't bond. He didn't do that thing where he takes the hair and plug it into the <laughs> USB drive of the animal with the whale at that point. True. Yeah, he, he was just already later. talking. Because yeah, there was a line where he said to the whale something like, I can't understand you. Yeah, yeah. and then he just does. The part where uh, he's like, how come you're an outcast? And he goes, it's too painful. And he right. just knew what that was. Yeah, there's a subtitle mm. for the whale. Okay, listen, we're spending time in a magical, amazing new planet called Pandora. We're getting lost in the technical elements and all this. Big, big picture here. Big plot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I think there's a part of the movie. There's a there's a big push where you're just kind of supposed to be lost in the world, right? You're watching um, Earth documentary, like planet. You mean Earth. like immersed in. Yes. And you're you're like, oh, it's so along for the ride, and you're just being introduced to this world, and you're just supposed to kind of go with it, and that's fine. And then there's this other part where the sky people are hunting Jack Sully, Jake Sully, Mr. Jake. Sully, and his family, and the, fam- the Sullys, they stick together as per the dialogue uh, that they say. That's an actual line from this movie. They say the Sullys it's, stick it's together. several lines in this movie. Repeated multiple times. Family. They're being hunted by Colonel Badman, and uh, <laughs> the the Colonel bad guy is 
hunting them. So there's two things happening. There's this very peaceful fern gully. Wow, look at this world. Wow, this is amazing. This family's adapting to this other side. We're expanding the world of Pandora and like hard action sci-fi. There's hunting people, there's military people, there's sabotage. There's these Skylanders with no respect for the land. And I feel like either of those would be fine. (laughs) Both of them happening at equal volumes at the same time for the entire film is jarring to me. And I think if there's one thing we're talking about, like, you know, the movie itself, not the technology, not the experience of watching it in IMAX, but like the shortcomings of the film. I think that's the big one that's underlined twice for me. There, the, the plot is at odds with itself. They could, should have kind of picked one. If it's an action movie, they're spending way too much time floating around the water. And if it's a look at this beautiful world, let's harmonize with it. I don't want to see you blowing up the whales and like that's doing cool. all these like crazy military shit. Yeah, I think James Cameron has a bit of what Peter Berg has, which is a hard-on for like military shit, but they've never right. actually served in the military. A lot of the, yeah, a lot of the dialogue and what ends up making the final cut is just like, "Hey, you got my six? You know, just like constantly. And it's yeah. just like, the best Shut. part was you can't kill a marine. Yeah, no, you can't defeat but... a marine. You can kill him, but he'll go to uh, hell yeah. and regroup. Hoo-ah! <laughs> oh man, movie kicked ass. Uh, I, mean, I, like, love so, that. I fucking love that movie, dude. All the the dialogue really just feels like it was just spit out in chunks of movies from the eighties and nineties. I'm coming to get you. You can't get me. And maybe that's <laughs> that kind of dialogue. The the Sullys stick together. He killed my son. No, it is not our time to go yet. Like that kind of approach to writing. Maybe that's like where the international market comes in, making it palatable for everyone of all ages. So the crazy thing is, uh, since they're doing four sequels, filming you know two at a time, they got four different writers for each sequel. And uh, w- Jimmy Cameron, whatever yes. this guy is, what he did is he, you know, he did like a whiteboard session with all of them. He's kind of like doing all the major points of, of yeah. all four sequels. Heading into the meeting, he didn't assign any of the particular movies to any of the writers because he wanted them to pay attention to the full arc before they start writing because he was afraid that if you were to say to somebody, hey, you're writing two, okay, yeah. they would tune out you know, the rest of the story and it wouldn't factor into okay. how they, they craft it. But I don't think it matters. Well, we got to wait for three, dude. Uh, what, do you, what do you think of that, uh, Justine? Did you feel like this is a complete movie or is it like a victim of this grand design of franchise building and sequel-itis? I was trying to think if this needed to be a movie Literally, (laughs) the entire second hour is the boy. I was gonna say flying because it looks like flying because there's nothing happening in the water. The boy flying around with a whale for an hour. Yeah, that's it. So it's like if this was a cartoon, you know, then you could have one episode. You know, like throwaway episodes, kind of. It's like okay, here's this boy and he's bonding with a whale. It seems like the story that he's trying to tell would be better as a twelve part. Disney series. This is like the opposite problem of so many things that come out on streaming where it's yeah, like, where they just this stretch could have it been out. a movie. This doesn't need to be 12 episodes. This is this avatar doesn't need to be a movie. It should have been a TV series. Yeah, just make but, all five, you know, give them two episodes a piece yeah. or something because it's too long spent on trying to make a movie out of one idea per movie. It's like, right. here's these people who are trying to get unobtainium, forcing these native people out of out of the place. Okay. Is that solved at the end of the movie? I, it's been Well, no, forever. they just get... At the end of the first one, the humans kind of get whooped, and they're just like, well, we're out of here. This isn't So they leave. It. Yes. In this movie, it's pretty early on. The sky people come down, and they torch the, 
a huge chunk of the earth, presumably to like keep doing what they're doing, which is uh, uh, raiding this foreign planet of all of its resources, which is the same thing they were doing in the first movie, which is, makes sense that, yeah, they're going to come back. So they come back. Then it's like one year later, but it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> that one year seems really important because that's kind yeah. of the part I wanted to see. I can see them is, lose you, the, your body language. Oh, I was like, I, wow. They, they, I can't they lie. Like I was, I've, if so I was in a focus group for this movie, they would not make it. They would just see I was brutally defeated during this. You know film. what? There's, a, there's a beat me. Yeah. There's a side of me that thinks that James Cameron kind of knows this because, and I, and I have good news for people that don't want to see any more installments of this. Uh, James Cameron says that if two is not financially successful, he will end it after three and not go into four and five. The quote from him is the question is how many people give a shit now? <laughs> Great question, which I guess we'll find it. So so you were just talking about the timeline. So they see the people come down again. Right. And then a year later. Well, they don't see them, though. Earth, like a, a huge swath of the forest gets scorched. So again, we're just supposed to write this story in our brain. The, so a year later is when they're attacking back. Right. Or they're fighting back. Yeah. And I think that's the interesting story that they're just refusing to show us which is like <laughs> which was kind of the story of the first one right these um imperialists come in to raid this place of its natural resources the uh, indigenous people fight back that's a, a a simple and effective framework for a story that could be good or bad depending on how it's handled and that's not the story that was told at all in this because just said one year later and then this family is on the run kind of immediately after that so i am not versed in the avatar series i am um, I am. I can help so, you. What do you need? What do you know? I was know? like, is this our timeline? Is this in the future? Yeah, is this like an alternate reality? Yeah, no, it's 2153. I mean, obviously, there's not Avatar people. But okay, so if they're coming from Earth and they're going to this planet, how far away are they? Because if they left the planet in the first movie, right. and then they come back, I guess he has kids and well, they're yeah. like, what, 15 years old or something? So yeah, there's that little baby and they can't transport him back to earth so the baby grows up and is a, a a spider baby a monkey boy they call him um yeah, they actually call him monkey boy. multiple problems and it's so so are... hard to take a movie seriously where it's like monkey boy no <laughs> anyways <laughs> side note uh yeah i guess whatever span it takes to get from a baby to the the spider that's how long the people were that's how long they ran away to for regroup and then yeah we came back with a new plan which is like we couldn't just come and take the thing we came to get. So what we're going to do now is terraform it and make it habitable for people because Earth is gone. Like, that's way harder. And you couldn't do the first part. But whatever. Whatever. Fucking whatever. <laughs> it's just like they send very few people <laughs> to go do that. You know what I liked? When that sergeant comes out awake from his avatar form for the first time. Right. He starts beating the shit. Yeah. Everyone around. Punching everybody and then after he does that, he has to watch a video log that he recorded himself. Yeah. And he's like, oh shit, I died. <laughs> and then they show like other Marines. That you could give a fuck about in the first movie because they're barely in it. Yeah. And all of a sudden they're like, hey, remember us? <laughs> like our tattoos, which I don't know why you would like you would add on the tattoos on the human form on to their on the avatar, avatar form. Yeah. Well, I had a dragon tattooed on my forearm as a human. I wouldn't feel comfortable in this avatar body unless I have. You could sneak in, like you can infiltrate <laughs> yeah. if you really wanted to, but you like, 
You're giving yourself a fucking buzz cut and, and then wearing like clothes. Yeah. Well, no, in the first one they wear clothes. Like the human avatars. Yeah. It's yeah, but make... if they were trying to be stealthy. Oh, yeah. I guess. Anyway. I don't know why they got uh tattoos. I, I like that. I liked um I hope in the next sequels um they explain okay, the the avatar girl is her name Katie or Kitty? It's I heard not Kitty. Katie. I heard Kitty, Kitty and I, I was Kitty. like, there's no fucking way they just named her Kitty. Yeah. What's wrong with her name well, they, Kitty? They have somebody named Monkey Boy. You don't think they're a but that's like, somebody? No, Kitty? that's Spider. Monkey Boy is just his nickname. Yeah, yeah. But her his real name is Miles. <laughs> but no one calls him that. Jesus. <laughs> but like that's the one name I can make out all yeah. the other names I cannot remember. Yeah, if you like, can remember that name, the it's kids. still more impressive. But I was more are they saying Katie? Yeah, I it's thought like that the, it sounded like Katie a few times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then yeah, it but sounded then the, like Kitty most of the time. Especially when the little sister had to call her. Yeah. And I also want answers on, <laughs> one, how did the Sequoia Weaver avatar give birth to that when Bro. she dies in the first one? I want to know who's the dad. Yeah. Then on top of that, right? I want to know how Jake Sully's avatar can reproduce. Yeah. Because, like, if it's a fake body, how does he have... All of that. They try to ground all this stuff in science. I want answers. Kind of. I think they're banking on you wanting the answers. Dude, they got me because I'm like, I'll watch the other three I move. I don't give a fuck. If you think you're going to get those answers in the next three, I got bad news for you. Dude, I'm sure James Cameron gets it, you know? Also, one of my favorite parts... Lots of uh, Navi feet. <laughs> really? I was like, yeah. You don't I can't remember. Oh my god, are you serious? Like, oh, you're right. They're yeah, like, yeah, she's yeah, like yeah, putting yeah, her feet yeah. in the water, but then like it's like below her foot. Below. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you just see her soles, and she's just like there. I'm like, lots of feet. In the first one, Jake and all the humans are wearing shoes, so you don't really see the feet. Well, I'm on IMDb right now. It did say that Quentin Tarantino is a script uh, consultant for this one. <laughs> yeah, script oh, consultant. Right. And this one, there's just like. Feet, feet, feet. There's a like, lot of just like uncomfortable, eighty percent naked kids. Like that's true. In there, yeah. It's kind of it's kind of weird. Oh, like, they had like uh, when they, when they arrive at you know the uh, the coral. Yeah, they had like a like a implied teenager like female that they over sexualized. Yeah, <laughs> they like Bo Derek tender. They yeah. did. Yeah, thank you. That's exactly what I was trying to like think of. I was like, what did that remind me of? I mean, it's you know adolescent romance between the Navi people. So there's like you know a love at first sight thing, and it... that was a scene when they're trying to be like, oh look at their tail, it's like too skinny, and their arms are skinny. And then I was like, okay, so they have they have been apart enough to have evolved All completely yeah. separately. Yeah. They have to have been super far away. Like they would have had to have interacted with each other. Yeah, it's like human beings in Hawaii and human yeah. beings in Idaho aren't like <laughs> evolutionarily different. Yeah. Their environment's different. Like I'm sure if I had to place money on who was the better swimmer, yeah, it, you're right. It would, it would <laughs> I take tell you, but thousands and thousands of yeah. years. They don't address these things. Yeah, it's a, a. I think this everything we're talking about kind of falls under this general header of the tone of it. Is this? Turn your brain off and just enjoy the scenery in this beautiful, lush world? Or is it, here's the science behind all this stuff? Because it seems like they're, again, doing both. And like, if I'm trying to be pedantic about like, yeah, why do these people have gills? Then I'm definitely not going to be lost in the magic of the world where they put on butterfly wings and can breathe underwater <laughs> and shit. <sighs> Who is this for, everyone? Sci-fi fans, bro. Okay. That likes that kind of sci-fi. Like fantasy? Yeah. Do you think if we had kids and they liked it, 
Maybe that's what it's for. I don't think a kid could sit through three three hours that's and fifteen brutal. minutes yeah. of whatever. Like, well, they like Star Wars movies and stuff. Like those prequels movies hour. are long. Which one? Like the prequels movies, which are the ones that kids yeah, but okay. gravitate towards. Think about the action that happens in any of the prequel movies, yeah. and then whatever action happens in this. There's I, not much, I, and I, when it is, it's like yeah, shooting. You know, it's yeah, not there's kind kids. of too. Yeah, it doesn't seem. It seems child friendly in terms of like the dialogue yeah. and like the the complexity of the relationships, yeah, which is to it's say, very simple, very simple. Mm-hmm. Um, but it definitely doesn't seem childish. And I don't know. My experience was very similar to being in like a traffic jam or like waiting for a DMV appointment. I wasn't literally watching a clock. I was just like I was trying to be like uh, Lot's wife and not turn around. Like if I looked at <laughs> my phone, I would turn into a pillar of salt. I was like, no, just. Be in the moment. God damn it. Just watch this long climax where Jake Sully and bad guy Colonel punch each other underwater, willing myself into trying to care about this. And I was like, okay, a kid is going to watch this. And like, there's a good environmental message. There really is. Underneath all of this gibberish and white noise, maybe a kid watches this and is like, hey, it's kind of bad to take things from the environment people should be in harmony with nature and maybe indigenous people kind of have the right idea like that's the only silver lining i could see for this and to drive that point home they're going to be spending over a billion (sighs) dollars wasting good resources in making the all these sequels and to promote this movie they dumped a bunch of chemicals in the ocean to create fake bioluminescence that people could surf on to promote this movie that promotes a message about environmentalism and caring about the planet. Big picture, though, that kid who watches this movie is going to be so inspired that he's going to uh-huh. give more money than th- he's going to yeah. give th- more than a billion. Yeah, he's going to give he's going to give four hundred billion. What were you saying, say, Dylan? You think that's why that spider kid exists? Oh, for like kids to so kids to see that and relate to that kid because okay. they can't relate to the. He was like helping him for way too long. Yeah, but he yeah. was <laughs> but he was also like. Don't fucking do that. He yeah, curses. He's the only one that curses. Don't fucking do. He does say fuck, huh? Yeah, he's the only one. He gets yeah, yeah, yeah. like, I, 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 you son of a bitch, dumbass, fuck. I did, I did notice that uh, his lip was quivering when they started nuking whales. Yeah, so if you're a kid, you're going to be able to. And, and he was bummed out when they were burning the other guys' like villages. Yeah, he's like, oh, sorry. Oh, he's like, I'm so sorry. I don't know what the fuck. I didn't know they were going to do this. I'm so sorry. What the fuck are you guys doing? Cursing yeah. at them. Cur- yeah, don't touch me. Lots of cursing. So I guess, yeah, kids can really. Yeah. Like a whole lot of shits and a bitch. What was that? No, he puts his fit. He puts his. That's a punch, bitch. Oh, that was great. <laughs> that's an actual line because he says, "Uh, you know, you want to make fun of my hands, see? So we have this extra oh, yeah. finger, right? You do this. They do this really cool thing. Oh, this is a punch, bitch. And then I like also when they're like, "Look at these freaks. Look, they have four fingers. They have five fingers." Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. They don't count the thumb. Have, yeah, you're supposed the mutation to have, is the fifth finger. Yeah, yeah you're okay. supposed to have three fingers and a thumb. Okay, well, not. they have five fingers, <laughs> and they're always like, "Look at them! They have four fingers!" And then they pick up the kid's hand, and he's flipping them off. Yeah, that was cool. <laughs> yeah. That was anyway, crazy. yeah, I really like this movie. Honestly, it must get away with that. They just have to talk to the MPA. It's like, listen, do you know who I am? Do you know who my father is? <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny is uh, one thing I've noticed is that when movies are bad, and maybe the people involved kind of know they're bad, they start planning things in the press that are like human interests and make the movie sound interesting like the yeah. craft of the movie for instance like when there's a bad george clooney movie they'll plant in the press hey george does pranks on set Isn't okay that great? Right, right. Right. so for yeah, this one a, the suicide squad right yeah, exactly let me give you what they what george they, lucas here, here's one of the things one of the many things they planted on this one <laughs> they're they're trying to insinuate that kate winslet broke the underwater film record 
previously held by Tom Cruise on Mission Impossible Rogue Nation. They said Cruise went six minutes underwater without coming up for air. This one, they said Kate went down for seven minutes and 14 seconds. I don't think you'd, you know, dude, like, no. What is she doing underwater for that? <laughs> Breathing <laughs> in a scuba tank? I mean, Okay, so sure. now I'm extra confused about, like, <laughs> so you know how I was saying, like, okay, they made the stuff that's underwater. Like, they worked on the hair and whatnot. It's like, wait, if they actually had the character, like, the, the people underwater, then they didn't do that themselves. They just, you know, put little balls on them and then had them float around in the water. <laughs> I don't know. Let's, let's, hey, a little bit of fun before okay. before we get out, out of this movie. Um, there, This is only the seventh film in history to cost more than $300 million to make. Bill, oh, Do you guys okay. want to give a guess on uh, what the other six might have been? Avatar 1. No, no way. No. It was, uh, it was BBS. Which one? BBS. No, not on the list. Really? Endgame? Correct. Endgame's on there. Infinity War? On there. Uh, Force Awakens? No. None of the Star Wars movies are on it. Wow, that's crazy. Think water, though. Um, oh, water Aquaman? No, not superhero, but still Disney. Water. Johnny Depp. <laughs> oh, Pirates? Yeah, oh. Pirates at World's End and uh, on Stranger Tides. So that's four. You did. You said Endgame and Infinity War. Give me one more. Age, Age of Ultron? That's five. And really? then, uh, okay, now think about the length, and you can probably get the sixth one. <laughs> oh, uh, Justice League. Justice League. Okay, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Those, those are your, those are the only ones that are. Those Avengers. A lot of those Avengers ones must just be like, bro, fucking, please, please, Robert Downey Jr., you come back and do this movie. <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think a good chunk yeah. of that is that. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Avatar: The Way of the Water. Are we dry? Are we staying dry, or are we dry, diving in? Diving in is you are one with the way of water. Water is life. It connects us. <laughs> this is a monologue we're going to do twice in the movie um, to really drive it home. I, I myself, sadly, I, again, I really tried to be Avatar agnostic. I swear to you, I tried to like this movie. I am, I am dry as a bone. I am dry and drying off. Still rubbing myself down with a towel in case there's any beads of sweat accidentally resembling liquid. I, I did not enjoy this movie. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um... I'm going to be dry. I like that I assume there's some space involved. I'd like to be in the space place. <laughs> yeah, that is drier than dry. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Also, the Flight of the Concords guy. <laughs> okay. Speaking like which one, American English. Yeah, which is funny. That's right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I too, like, I, I went in, actually, I went in positive because people that I trust said it was amazing. And I read a lot of like the the online stuff, you know, from people that saw it early, and they're like, James Cameron has done it again, right. folks. This is a revolution. This is groundbreaking. I'm like, wow, I'm gonna see something really special. I did not see anything special. Uh, I have nothing clever. I thought it completely sucked. The only enjoyment I got was the whale's eye itself. I just love the design of it. And uh, watching my friend Dylan laugh his ass off uncontrollably for like the good first hour of the movie or so. I thought that fool passed out. You was passed out? Yeah, I was passed. No. <laughs> it was good. Uh, I'll dive in again. I'll okay. probably do it like the first Avatar where I'll see it two or three more times in theaters. No, you won't. You're not seeing this in theaters again. Don't. Do it again. Um, you're saying that like this. Yeah, I'll do work. it again. Watch. I'll I'll bring it. I'll bust another ticket. I would. Be, I, would I would be. I just genuine. have to figure out another three hours. But like, <laughs> I'll be genuinely impressed if you watch this again. I'm not even like trying to be funny. Yeah. No. No. I, I'll probably watch it again. I'd like to 
I like to see if Jake Soley's English accent goes in and out again. Like, or maybe it was just. What like, are you talking about? What are you bringing maybe up? I, maybe the. See, I don't know what your accent you're talking about here. Wait, mate. Was like, oh, you know. Hey, Dylan, we're talking about family here. But oh, I might, you know, my fucking kids are fucking. <laughs> These Navi over here. All right, we're taking them over there. We were over here. We're going over there. What's so hard to understand about? Hey, you this? know, we're, we're gonna tune these uh, Skype people up DMS style. You know what I'm saying? I'm Captain Jack Sully. Lower East Side, Jake. Anyway. Jacob Sullyman, Jack Attorney Sullivan. Yeah. Anyway, I did like it. Um, you know, it was, you know, great. I'm happy he waited long. He waited for technology to get better, and it did. <laughs> all right, we're gonna talk about another film that. Has surprising parallels. We uh, are a little late talking about this movie. Also, the same studio, right? Mm -hmm. Disney's Strange World. Yeah, this came out a couple weeks back, but uh, we we went to the theaters. We saw it, and I am uh, all a spoiler alert. I'm happy for the experience. This is a, a animation film. A animation with computers involved. Computer animated. Computer well, animated. animation studios was involved. Uh, and it's a it's a cartoon uh, with computer computer drawn cartoon. Of uh, the the Clades, a family on quite a strange world indeed, as promised in the title, as they uh, explore their world, they learn more about it. We, the viewer, learn more about it and uh, delivered the promise of the title of this film. I enjoyed this film thoroughly. I think it's safe to say we all did, right? Loved it. I guess uh, we'll we'll start with the animation. How did you guys like it? When the movie started, it had a, a very 50s pulpy vibe and i was yeah, like yeah it's like, almost like creep show right where the, exactly. the comic book opens so i was up. like whoa when i saw the poster it was a different style i was like are we doing this for a while what are we doing here it's more of like a introduction to right story, right but it's also a i looked into it, it's a nod back to the original comics that inspired it okay so this is like 50s era comics and i guess back then you could have the same title from different companies there was a company called avon comics that yeah. ran a strange worlds comic at i the think same they were pre-marvel if i'm not mistaken okay, no, no, uh, the pre-marvel one was called atlas. atlas so atlas and avon were publishing a comic called strange worlds at the same time independent yeah. of each other atlas becomes marvel disney owns marvel so this Thus. is yeah so, so this, this is a comic book movie yeah, so this okay. is a, this is a comic book movie well that explains why there is a mom <laughs> no, that's important in comic book movies? No, in Disney movies. Oh, okay. Where there's no mom. That's like a trope. <laughs> oh, they get to break form because it's a comic book movie. Yeah. All right. There's a full family. <laughs> um, no, I uh, I can't say I love the character design at right. first. It's a strange style that it's done in. I think it serves the greater story that they're telling, which is like a blend of the uh, familiar and the exotic, let's say. Because in the world they're exploring and that you're learning more about, there's a lot of things that operate how they operate on Earth, and there's a lot of things that really don't. And likewise, I think the characters have some hyper-realistic elements, like the hair, and then some more traditional cartoon elements, like exaggerated features, like the nose and the eyes. So it's a little jarring, but I think it serves the story overall. And as it went on, I kind of let go of all that stuff and I just kind of enjoyed it for what it was. Also, any of the character design elements that didn't work for me were way made up for by the environment. Exactly. Which I think looked amazing. The crazy blends of like electricity and organic plant life and how there are animals that grow from it. I mean, again, this is like uh, Lost in Space slash Robinson Crusoe kind of like 
uh, shipwrecked and exploring this new environment and all that stuff really worked for me. Yeah, environmental designs were great. The plants that make electricity and the look of all the animals once they go into like the subterranean world. I was in, man, for sure. A lot of people talk about like, you know, like the golden era of, of Disney, how like right. a lot of the animators did a bunch of drugs and that's how they got their ideas and, yeah. and their visuals. I think it's pretty clear watching this. When you look at the environmental design, you go, psychedelics it definitely gets like in that realm um which is something i think we've talked about before of like kind of craving from like a doctor strange or something it's like hey can we go into like more of like an astral plane or something like that and kind of hang out there for a while so that was there and um yeah it's interesting that that you mentioned the films you did because you know dennis quaid who played uh jager clade in this movie this is actually his second film traveling inside an organism, kind of like in like almost like a, a space odyssey type. Right. Thing. The first was Inner Space in 1987. Oh, geez. I haven't thought that about one. that movie in a long time. Yeah. Also interesting is this is the second time Dennis Quaid and Jake Gyllenhaal played father and son. That movie, The Day After Tomorrow, they're also father and son in that. Same cinematic universe. Right. <laughs> I didn't know who anybody's voice was when I was watching it. And I gave the movie credit for that because yeah. I get totally lost in something when I'm like, yeah, here's Seth Rogen. <laughs> yeah. And this was like, uh, I was in the dark until the credits and I was like, okay, yeah. Well, whoever did it was like acting, you know, mm-hmm. performing. So Look, that's how it should be. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And like, lest we forget the great character in the film, uh, Splat whose uh, noises are just a bunch of bleeps and bloops <laughs> and uh, somehow has better dialogue than all of fucking Avatar. <laughs> this I, was, I like the awe factor. Yeah, this whole movie had that. And I don't know, again, it's kismet that we're talking about this movie and Avatar at the same time because it's, this movie, I think, has that same pull of like, you're in a crazy world, you, the viewer, you're getting accustomed to it, but you're also following this family story. But man, I was really impressed with the pacing of this film and how I think they gave somehow, and I don't know how you figure this out, you give the right amount of attention to characterization and the family drama stuff and everyone kind of is on the ship on a long journey and they break off and they have little moments, you know, here's our problem, me and you, here's our problem, me and you, here's all three of our problems together. You figure that stuff out, but each one of those bits is interrupted by some crazy fucking planetary catastrophe that they have to avoid. And so it's like a little bit of characterization, a lot of action, a little bit of characterization, a lot of action. And it's like, oh yeah, this is how you write a story. (laughs) Yeah. They make you feel the danger that's around them at all times without bumming you out. Like, so with, with Avatar, we're talking about like, oh, well, they actually fucking bombed the whales. This one, you're like, Oh fuck! Is the dog gonna be okay? You know, because the dog yeah. keeps flying out of the ship and gets saved by Splat. So you get like those up and down moments. You can tell that they're in peril at different times, like the uh, the acid, like when they're in the the stomach. You know, you're yeah. like, oh fuck, how are they gonna get through this? But yeah, they don't bum you out. And that's like a consistent tone. Like they know yeah. the kind of movie they're making. This is a lighthearted, yeah. fun adventure movie for the whole family. Yeah, Dylan, you've been quiet. What do you did you did you enjoy this film? Uh, yeah, I liked it. I thought the characters looked refined. What I really liked was their Earth, like yeah. their world that they live on, because they're on flying stuff. Yeah. Like stuff yeah. is flying. But they they showed like some car, and I was like, wow, it's Studio Ghibli inspired. Right. And I just thought it all looked good. Um, even like the strange world yes. looked great. Like the, the weird pterodactyls that attack them. Yeah, just about like everything. And then like they become the blood vessels yeah. when like the world starts working again. New creatures just kept coming. 
like Star Wars, they have all sorts of little guys in yeah. the corners that you're like, oh, look at that. And it's not addressed, but it's just cool. It's like, it's like it adds to the texture of the whole thing. Yeah, definitely like jam-packed. And again, yeah. this is what they promise you. <laughs> like they're going to take you to this crazy world. I, I wish more movies could kind of do that if they're going to promise that, which is just show me some crazy crap. Like you don't need to really spend too much time on, well, here's the science about how this works. Like, yeah unbeknownst to you as you're watching it, it kind of unfolds into a uh, Osmosis Jones kind of situation yeah. where you find out that all these environmental things are actually inside the body of this creature that the whole world takes place on. There's not really follow-up on that. Yeah, we don't need to spend a lot of time on how this happens or like now that people have to radically change the way they do things. It's like, oh wait, it turns out this the electricity that we're using is uh, hurting the turtle and we're all on the turtle. So let's cool it with the electricity stuff. You know, like this one also had a, a time lapse. It was like 25 years later that Jake Gyllenhaal son character gets separated from the father because the father is just so hell bent on exploring. Right. That he's like, I got to go over those mountains. And then the Gyllenhaal character is like, look at this. This is amazing. Like this. The plant, plant that they yeah, discover in the this mountains. plant we discovered that could, that ends up changing the quote unquote right. world. Right. So they get separated for 25 years. They assume that the elder clay died. They find him in the underworld. And instead of like, you know, having a much to do about it, he just goes, ah, I fell down a hole. Yeah. <laughs> and then they just keep moving. It was yeah. awesome. Again, this is like great pacing for what it is, you know, like a, again, a, a kid's movie. I don't, I don't think they could make this like a serious film without no. making a lot of changes. And, you know, that's something that stuck out to me is that this was, a cartoon cartoon. I think the format and medium really served it. We, again, just watched Avatar where they really try to ground all of this strange natural phenomenon and it's like tedious because yeah. it's so grounded. Whereas this movie, because it's a cartoon, you don't expect all of the facts to make sense. It's just, it's a cartoon. It made me think about a lot of cartoons that have been coming out lately that have kind of not necessarily needed to be cartoons. Okay. I don't know that Encanto really needed to be a cartoon. <laughs> you could make it a fun musical and yeah. probably have the same impact. On the other hand, like a Zootopia is like, that needs to be a cartoon. No one wants it. D Disney, please don't make a live action Zootopia. Yeah. You saw what happened with cats. It's not going to work. <laughs> so like cartoons that are cartoony and in a cartoon world, Great. <laughs> and I yeah. think this movie utilized its medium yeah. uh, to great effect. Hey, Justine, what was your experience watching Strange World? I liked the textures. The hair was one of the first things that I noticed. I was like, man, that guy's beard looks amazing. And his shirt looks amazing. The textures are really good. Yeah. Whatever mm -hmm. team was on that was on that. And I liked all the uh, creature design yeah. in the Strange World world. There was a lot of them that I was like, that's a Pokemon. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. a, what is it, Xerneas? It's like a, okay. I don't know, like a deer or something, right. but it has like spiky head. Those, you yeah. know? Electri electricity. Those yeah. Guys. And then there, those things that when they were walking on them, they look like a bunch of Munas. Okay. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And then I was like, and then what is that? Like there's a ball that has spikes that when yep. Splat is like, come over here. It's the buddy, really yeah. cool. <laughs> but um, then they were bad. I was like, is that like what Wurmple turns into? Oh, yeah, and then yeah, I yeah. also remember that <laughs> what it reminds me of is there's this creature in Elden Ring that's called a skeletal slime. And it's, well, it's like what it, what it sounds like. There's like a slime. And then when you get close to it, it like puts spikes out. Right. And they're fine unless there's a bunch of them. But um, it reminded me of that. And the whole underworld place. Was it under? 
Yeah, it was inner world under sure, inner world subterranean. Um, reminded me of No Man's Sky that game where mm, it's like okay. there's a lot of weird terrain and whatnot, but it was really cool when the reveal happened, the big reveal, boom, that they're inside of a creature. That's really cool because then you realize that all the creatures that you've been seeing are um, biological, <laughs> you know, like yeah, they tie into all the systems of the body. Yeah, yeah. Then you realize what the design was for, why they look right. like that and what their function is. It has that sixth sense <laughs> feeling where you could watch it again and then be uh, like, oh, uh, that's why that thing looks like yeah, that. Yeah, and that's yeah. why that looks like that. It's been a blood cell this whole time. Do you yeah, think yeah, it could yeah. be used to like help kids understand biology better? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. The only thing that may be that is like um, when they, I don't know, they go see a light and all of a sudden they see the ocean and they're like, wait a minute, what just happened? We're not in that strange world anymore. Uh -huh. And then they realize that it's an eye. They are so small that they're like, molecular they yeah. like were able to pass through the eye membrane like really right. easily and yeah. then they went out and it makes me super uncomfortable things like that when you realize that something is really small on something really big yeah. like the end of men in black where it's <laughs> like oh no they're in a marble oh my god this kid is playing with it how many worlds are there well, how many it's universes like a, yeah it's a way of going cosmic without going cosmic yeah it makes me super uncomfortable but oh and then tortuga the um the world on the back I mean, there's the mythology of like right, the world right. being on the back of a turtle, which is another cool thing that they just threw in there. Yeah. This is a movie where, kind of like Star Wars, you can make a guide to all the cantina creatures. You can make a guide to all <laughs> of the creatures mm -hmm. in, this, in this movie. I liked the character design. I mean, yeah, they're cartoon people, so their features are, are weird or whatever. But there's the kid... And he actually looks like the mixture of his parents. Yeah. You know? A proper biracial well, character yes, he's, design. He also looks like if these two characters had a child, right. here are the features <laughs> that that child would have. Yeah, it's they, not just like some random drawing of this is going to be the son and this is the mom and the dad. And they look nothing alike. Yeah. And it, they kind of use that because he shares a lot of the features of his grandpa. Yeah. And that's a, I, I don't know. I watched that Wednesday show in like a fever uh, binge. <laughs> like literally I have was sick so like i don't know what the what it is this year about characters not wanting to become their parents mm -hmm. and like really explicitly saying it over and over and over <laughs> again but for those uh two pieces of the media i watched recently well they're really driving home that the main character does not want to be like his parents but i really like when his dad is looking at him and he's like horrified thinking that his kid is gonna be like his grandpa or, right and then he turns into him you yeah, know yeah, yeah. And he grows a mustache and it gets all like demon looking or something right. he's in hell yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah that is now the worst thing you can do is become your, your parents having seen the movie doesn't it feel a bit ridiculous that there is like a fight happening in i guess the binary political parties you know like how like you know some people are like oh this is a woke movie and does, none of that stuff seemed to matter it definitely didn't matter to me when I was yeah. watching it. It just seems so blown out of proportion. Yeah, I thought it was really nice to watch in the sense of like, if you can make a fantastic world, right? Uh -huh. And where electricity comes from plants and cars are powered by whatever, and you're literally floating on the back of a turtle. Yeah. Why would you bother making people be prejudiced? <laughs> like, yeah. It's a fantasy <laughs> portrayal. Like People can just be what they are and you can have a, a united nations of people on yeah. a ship working together and no one's going to be mean to each other based on their uh, race or sexual orientation. Like 
yeah, this is what a A plus all around on just portraying a fantastic world <laughs> where things don't operate like our world and where the kid can kind of casually mention that he's gay to his grandfather, grandfather. Yeah. 25 years ago <laughs> despite these generation gaps he's like well that's cool here's how you impress this guy like i think it would really have been a detriment to the film if they took time out to be like well i'm the black mom and you're the white guy and oh, yeah. no just show me this utopian world where everyone's getting along and everyone's yeah. represented and the dog has three legs and no one mentions it this is a again tonally consistent yes. everything matches up it would be weird if in this kind of fun world it would be bogged down with the weird fucking prejudices that we have on ours yeah a plus job all around that worked for me i did turn to colin at that part where he's like telling his granddad that he is gay and i was like oh no he's gonna be homophobic just yeah. watch he's gonna be the bad guy I whatever the pump fake yeah i was no. like oh no he's the bad guy fuck no he's cool all no right. no no yeah. that's our bullshit we got to deal with that here yeah You're, you go to this cartoon world you don't have to deal with that shit. Yeah, yeah. They had, what is it called? Like an economy of storytelling or something like right. that. Yeah. Where uh, the conflict comes from within the group that you've already been introduced to. Right. They're like, hey, we got to go do this thing. Oh, no, we shouldn't do this. No, we do have to do this thing. Right, right. You know, so there's a disagreement among the crew. And then they realize, oh, no, it is something that's bad. We shouldn't be hurting this creature. All right. Everyone's on board now to right. do like the right thing. It's utopian. They change their minds when they find out, you know, like yeah. even though it's going to be difficult for them, they still do the right thing. It shows you that communication can get you through potential peril. Yeah, yeah. they work together. I, yeah, like yeah. when Splat just he's like, hold on, hold on. Let me just to talk guys. to these little <laughs> so jujubes. Yeah. Or even like the board game, how uh, the father and the grandfather are like, well, who do we, we need kill? to conquer the land yeah, and yeah, yeah. be a bad guy. <laughs> yeah, the the generation gap issues were yeah. were handled well. And I don't mean to, you know, bog it down with kind of current politics, but I really felt that when they adapted the conclusion is that like they can't use electricity which propelled their society forward the same way because it's killing the environment, right? And they had to have a paradigm shift. I think maybe if I'm trying to write about a pre and post COVID world. That's kind of the story I tell okay. or I tell it in that way to show like you can pivot, you can adapt and like things can be okay. Yeah. And, um, you know, I mean, everyone's, I think in the last couple of years had to make some pretty significant changes. Maybe not. Here's a film to just show you that like it can be okay. Well, it's <laughs> kind of more in black and white environmental. If you think about it, right. They are using this plant that they then realize is killing the land, their land, right? right. which is oil. Yeah. <laughs> and our earth is dying from using all that. And then they're like, okay, we have to stop this because it's they're saying it's right. going to kill our world. Our world is this living thing. All right, we're going to kill our world, so we need to stop using that. And they do. And then at the end, you see that they are able to power stringed lights because yeah. they start using wind energy the, so you see, see like the how, turbine the, thing right. and then how they're now moving to a different form of making electricity so that they can still have you know the luxuries or whatever they just had to use a different thing so it's like oh yeah stop using oil and start <laughs> using uh wind you know because or whatever you're telling a utopian story in a fantasy land everyone's like okay yeah let's all work together to make that happen and kind of deal with the hardships of yeah making it's this gonna pivot be tough change. but we can do yeah. it <laughs> we'll all know? work together for the greater good i do think that you can bring that over into the real world like the father clade character 
you know, he's all about family legacy and right. like handing down this farm that he's created. Wow, this is something to be proud of. And I can't wait to hand it down to my son. Oh, my son doesn't want it. Then through this adventure, they find out that, yeah, the legacy is is killing the, yeah. the world ultimately. And he's mature enough to let it go yeah. for the benefit of everybody else. That's a great message. So yeah, bring that into the world. I just realized that, oh, no, there's still a missing mom because the first Clade and son... The mom is already dead. Oh, no, no, no. She's not dead. He says she's gone. That was yeah. also a pump fake. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. like, he's gone. Like, oh, the Disney thing where the mom's dead. No, yeah. no, no, no. She's, she's just, just remarried. She's still that, gone. The kid yeah, was yeah, gone yeah, for yeah, 25 yeah, years. Yeah, the, the grandfather says, she's dead. He says, I never said that. I said, she's gone. You've been gone for 25 years. <laughs> I don't remember what the guy, the new husband or whatever his name is, but he's like, I hate blah, blah, blah. Him. <laughs> like Sebastian or something like that. Yeah, right. yeah. And then he sees him at the end. And he's Way like, bigger than yeah, me too. Super young. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. Young and, and bigger than That movie felt good. It was good. It was a oh. good time. It was a good time all around. So, uh, Strange World, are we, are we going aboard the airship to travel to the Strange World or are we straying in our shitty, prejudice-filled, environmentally horrific planet that we all have to live in every day? For me, I, well, there's no, no, no doubt in my mind. I'm getting on that airship, baby. I'm going to the turtle planet. Let's go. Yeah. Uh, I think the sun ends up staying in the inside. They can go back and forth once they know their way around. So. Yeah. I'll stay on the inside. All right. Yeah. You're going in the turtle. That's yeah, even, in the turtle. Even further away from our world. Okay. <laughs> I'm already in the turtle. I need Damn. the ship to catch up with me. You know what I'm saying? I'm screaming around in the turtle. I'm having a great time. I'm not coming back up to the surface. That's what's up, Dylan? Uh, you know, I'll get on that strange world. I like that cross between like Indiana Jones and Star Wars and shit. Uh, I just want to know who's like the the animators. Like, I want to know if Walt they were Disney Animation Studios. Well, I want to know like who worked on it and if they worked on like the Peanuts movie because around that time they okay. did like the the Peanuts movie and then like a short Popeye clip. It just reminded me of that. I just wonder if it's the same people and Walt Disney just stole them. Yeah, I think they intentionally yeah, want was, those teams to be as anonymous as possible. Yeah, they, like, well, dude. no, we sat through the credits, which were very long, and they they credited. Everybody, every single body, everybody. but that's just it. If you if you just bury people and names, yeah, no one's gonna stick out. Yeah, yeah. What was there was like a super weirdly specific one. Oh, ca- caffeination. Yeah, caffeination. So the was one. <laughs> I can get behind that. Yeah, I'd actually like to shout out Regal for uh, properly reissuing Conan the Barbarian 40th oh, that's right. anniversary. You saw that solo dolo style. Oh, I absolutely did. Because I was six at the time that the movie came out. I never got to see it in theaters because it was R-rated. Right, right. Um, so this is the first time I actually got to see it in theaters. I'm really glad I did it. Um, unlike Dawn of the Dead 3D, which was you know mm. just a bad idea in the first place right, and, right. Just a, and a bad transfer, this thing sounded great. It looked great. I, uh, I was in the theater with, I would say, 15, 16-ish other guys just kind of there by themselves. Emphasis, emphasis on guys. Yeah, all guys. All who were versed in the movie, so everybody was like anticipating certain lines and certain right, right. scenes, and they would just like explode with glee. So it was really nice that they brought that back. Thank you, Regal. So we have, uh, we've gone to two different worlds, followed two different families, but now we're back to Earth, and we're playing games as families do. Uh, Brent, why don't you give us some, some alt movie masters here? first movie is from 2004. Here's your description. Sorry sequel has casino boss Garcia demanding that main character and his gang repay the money they stole from him. They go to Europe to plan a heist or two. 
lots of talk. Meant to be cool, but mostly incoherent and little action. Plus in-jokes and guest star cameos to show how much fun everybody had making the film. Bruce Willis, Albert Finney, and Topher Grace appear unbilled. I got title and... Okay. I got two. I got two. Okay. Uh, Justine, do you do you have the title? And- no, I didn't know, and then I tuned out. I didn't know, <laughs> yeah. I didn't know so bad. Okay, so this is a face-off between Dylan and Colin. You're both at title and two? I might get title wrong, frankly. Um, I'll shoot for three. You want okay. No, I'll stick with two. Okay. It's Ocean's 12. It is. And it's uh, Brad Pitt, George Clooney. You are correct. Julia Roberts? Yeah. All right. Hey. We learned that this hey. year. Yeah. I have a, I have a fourth. Retaining the information. I guess. Of course. Let's have fun. So I did Ocean's 12. Yes. Everything Colin just said. <laughs> yeah. Is Matt Damon in it? Matt Damon's in it. You got okay. uh, other options. Catherine Zeta-Jones, Andy Garcia, Don Cheadle, Bernie Mac, <laughs> Casey Affleck, Scott Kahn, uh, it kind of runs out of your your you know your the regulars, name brand. Yeah, your regulars up there, yeah. And it's Ocean's Roberts. Thirteen is the third movie, right? Oh my god, I've never seen any of these movies. They're fucking Not great. even the old ones. There's old ones, whatever. Old ones like the the Rat, the rat Pack. pack right? Yeah, I don't think you would hate it because it's like quick, witty, dialogue driven, which mm-hmm. I I know to be the kind of films you like. Yeah, it's very fast paced too. They're pretty palatable films. I don't think I I don't have contempt for the Ocean's movies. We're gonna go to the year two thousand right now. The description is, three escaped convicts share a series of adventures and inadvertently become a singing sensation performing old-timey music in 1930s Mississippi. Delightfully eccentric adaptation of Homer's The Odyssey, full of clever ideas, irresistible music, and sharp dialogue. The title is derived from Preston Sturge's Sullivan's Travels. Innovative use of color by cinematographer Roger Deakins. Why do I just have one actor? I only have one actor too. Ah. Everyone just has Maybe one two. Actor. I can I could guess the second one. Go go for it. If you is get it, the second one, you win. Is it Oh Brother Where Out Thou? Oh yes, it is. And then is it George Clooney? Okay. And see, in my mind, it's also Matt Damon. <laughs> but I was like, it's like I know that's wrong. Is it is it's not Matt it? Damon? No. Well, think about the director and you can probably like, you know, go with some of their favorites. Martin Lawrence. Oh, in it. Nick Cage. Ah, that's Con Air. Who's the director? This is a Coen Brothers movie. I'm like seeing their dumb faces pop up and go, yeah, right? I'm a man. <laughs> I, he deserves sorrow. the point for getting the song. I don't, I can't, name but it. I don't know the other head that pops up. God damn it. You know, I, I just mentioned Raising Arizona. So if you, gra- you can grab a couple uh, actors in that movie. No and- one knows that movie like you know that movie, Brent. You can't oh, just yeah. go around like everyone. Like that's yeah. common knowledge. I, I'm smiling very big right now. Yeah. <laughs> If I get if it's not Nick Cage, you can't expect anyone else to know. <laughs> what about Holly Hunter? Who was that? Yeah, yeah she was no, the lead in Raising Arizona. I wouldn't have guessed what about she's in oh, John Goodman. Okay, oh, that I totally should have got. You're right about that. What about John Turturro? No, I've never seen the movies. You never seen Oh Brother Where Art Thou? I only know I only know Oh Brother Where Art Thou from the CD we always get at work. Yeah, but like I don't. I've never seen that movie. Damn, I wonder how much that sold. That C the C D oh tons. The soundtrack tons and then immediately forgotten about. Okay, what's the uh, what's next? Malt me. Up next, nineteen eighty-eight. The amorous adventures of three young women who work at a pizzeria in Connecticut. Fuck. Superficial in the extreme, but oh. geared for a young female audience. A nice little film that isn't all that good. God Rated damn R. it. <laughs> yeah. uh, I have one. 
You got. I might have two. You got the title and possibly two actors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like cheating with the one because I'm just assuming <laughs> all these are George Clooney's. So yeah, if you got the, if you got more actors just, than one. Justine, are you in on this one? I don't think I can come up with more than all two. All right, we'll go back to you if you can't get the two. I don't even know if I can get the movie. I know the, I know the movie. See, I might be wrong. Well, I might be confusing it with another movie. I think I'm confusing it with another movie. It's an easy. The, the movie's easy. It's not. It's not Mystic Pizza, is it? It, it is. is. And then <laughs> Julia Roberts, correct? Uh, Sandra Bullock. No, Sandra Bullock. Fuck. See, that's where I. All right, uh, Justin, you can steal this if you can name any other yeah, yeah. actor in this movie. What's the or movie the I'm thinking of? Uh, Practical Magic. Yeah, <laughs> banger. I, Damn that's it. what banger. I was saying. I might be confusing it with, and I think I am. Oh, I think I, I think I have a twist. If you don't have it, oh no, I'm confusing it with something else. Oh, yeah, I have a I weird know. twist. If you don't name, <laughs> and I can't remember movies. the lady's name. It's like Lily something. Yeah, you're right. There is a Lily in it. Yeah, I can't remember her Last name. Last name. It's Lily Taylor. Oh, never mind. I've got it wrong then. You've also got Annabeth Gish. Cher's uh, not in it. Cher's moon, Moonstruck. Yeah, that's Moonstruck. That's okay. Yeah. I'm thinking. The guy? My mom watched Who's both of those guy? movies a lot, so they're just getting swapped around yeah. my brain. Who's the guy in it? Uh, we'll, we'll check this out. Matt Damon. Motherfucker! <laughs> just guess Matt. Yeah, if you every movie has Matt, Matt Damon <laughs> on this one. Yep, you would have. I rewatched that. Moonstruck recently. What a delightful film! Great, That's so dude. good. That's crazy. So good. Who would have thought? <laughs> oh, aside from the Academy, did they, is that the one Nick Cage won an award for? Uh, Cher a... did. Okay. Nick Cage might have been nominated, but I don't know. Well, he's got an Oscar though, right? Oh, Conair. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Ghost Rider two. The Oscars finally decided. All to right, acknowledge. we're gonna go 1996. Intriguing premise: the story of Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde from the point of view of a housemaid in his employ. Unfortunately, this chamber drama is played out in ponderous fashion and almost sinks under its own weight, despite the interesting performances by its stars. Admittedly, the lead actresses. Irish accent comes and goes at whim. Another actress in the film is fun in a flamboyant part as a madam. Screenplay by Christopher Hampton from the novel by Valerie Martin. Justine, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I got a big old zero on this one. I'm sorry. I'm going to guess Mystic Pizza. <laughs> <laughs> Moonstruck. Beaches. You've got to have this one, right? <laughs> really? It's not... Hold on, say it again. Yeah, I got nothing. I got nothing too. <laughs> Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Well, you Mary, oh, Mary, Mary Riley. Yes, give me. That's uh, the movie. Yeah, you got any uh, actors or actresses in it? No, and I like I can I can like hear the commercial. <laughs> that does strike me as a very you kind of film, and all. Mary I, that, Riley. I think Brent's uh, on to something here. Yeah. yeah, I thought that was for <laughs> sure. Yeah. Was. Okay. Yeah. So I'll give you some 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 of the major ones. <laughs> Julia Roberts uh, as a lead. John Malkovich, Glenn Close. Those are the the big ones. You ever seen that movie? No, I remember it. Being, I know. It's I like an adult movie. Yeah, yeah. You know? It's definitely for grown folks. Which is why I remember like the commercial, but <laughs> I've never watched nobody it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Dang, we need to watch some Mary Riley. <laughs> Mary Riley. Yeah, I feel like you have to see this one. Uh, let's go to Dylan's Wheelhouse, 1991. Okay. Go on. Unfortunate cheapening of the beloved James Berry tale of character with lead actor as a heartless corporate takeover honcho who must rediscover his true identity in order to save his children who've been kidnapped by the villain. Great casting and key roles is dissipated by a script that offers no joy and very little magic with a troop of TV generation lost boys who'd be more at home in a McDonald's commercial. 
Musician David Crosby and an unrecognizable Glenn Close have bit parts as pirates. If this is blank for the 90s, give us the 50s instead. Panavision. Batman Forever. That is a mean description. (laughs) Malton's going off. I don't even know what he's talking about. Yeah, I I swear I was going to say Scrooged at first, but... (laughs) There's pirates in it. I don't know what the fuck is happening. (laughs) <laughs> There's a dad. You could say he's right, and right. she's. Yes, and in days, I'd be like, "What the Sorry. fuck?" Yeah, yeah. Oh, I know it. Oh, okay. Jesus. Uh, yeah. And I have nothing. one actor. Oh, you just need to go ahead. Oh, say the title. If I can use those other two. Say the title. <laughs> it's uh, Pan. Nope. Dang it. Oh. But I, but you're you're in. Oh, you're... this fucking this is Hook. Okay. That's Rich, it. Richard <laughs> Dreyfus. It's got uh, Robin Williams. Uh huh. And Rufio. Oh, you know what? Dreyfus isn't in it, but yeah, you got Dreyfus Robin isn't in it. Yeah. No, who's the Dustin Hoffman? Dustin fucking yeah. Hoffman. Wait, yeah. What, what, why did you do this movie? Because Julia Roberts is in it. Fuck, I forgot Julia Roberts is Tinker Bell. So I was like, there's no George Clooney. So was... sharp-eared listeners would uh, <laughs> realize that I meant to do this after the Ticket to Paradise episode, <laughs> but we, you know, we did other things. So, <laughs> so I'm just I'm burning through these now. Tell you what, we're we're gonna you know because we're arbitrary here. Whoever gets this one is gonna win the game. Okay, <laughs> we're going to 1996. Here is your description: Two out of control criminal brothers mow their way through Texas, heading for a rendezvous in Mexico, and take a family and their RV hostage. But the rendezvous location turns out to be a hellish biker bar inhabited by vampires. <laughs> Indefensible trash certainly works oh, on a visceral oh. level. How much you can take will depend on your GQ gross out quotient. Okay. Wow. Uh, he cites the screenwriter and actor that everybody knows uh, seem to be having fun, especially in their casting choices, but this is just a celebration of excess. In fact, it might be retitled Natural Born Vampires. Followed by a two DVD sequel and a TV <laughs> we're just, series. We're just casting <laughs> shade with these sequels. No one watched one, two. You got six. You got six. Yeah. Are you getting any more than six? The lady is confusing me. I'm, I'm I think I'd botch the lady. Uh-huh. Um, might even have seven, but I have to remember how oh, to say so one of the sick, ladies. Um, uh, fuck. A Hail Mary seven. Wow. So we're tied at seven? Damn, hold Anybody on. Anybody got hold eight? Hold on, hold on. Let me think of the This could be as few as five, because I'm going to get... I think I'm I think I'm wrong on a few. Justine, you want to try and guess more than seven? No, I have like four. You want to do seven? I, I, do I think it's eight? a... I can't, I can't go more than seven. I can't do more than seven. I don't think I can do and I'm pretty. If I'm wrong on Harvey Keitel, then it's him. How are we going to determine who goes then? Yeah, mm-hmm. I'll let him go first. That's his Hail Mary. Yeah. All right, dude. Give me seven. Okay. So we got Har- Harvey Keitel. He's Correct. the dad, right? This is from Dustal Dawn. We all know. Yeah. Um, Quentin, Quin, Quinron. That's two. Fiderino. <laughs> yep. Uh, Cheech, Marin. That's three. Uh, Danny Trejo. Damn it. I was hoping you wouldn't we remember check, those guys. One, That's four. <laughs> Georgethan Clooneyman. That's five. Um, oh, Juliet no. Lewis. That's six. All right. I got I got some Hail Marys here. Oh, fuck. I, ha- I have two more then. Is it? Is it Catherine Zeta-Jones? No. That's not ah! her. <laughs> is it Ving Rhames? No. I'm not seeing him listed God here. damn it. All right. The easiest. Selma, Hayek. Selma fucking Hayek. And Tom Savini. Yes, dude. Great job. Movie master Dylan, congratulations. I miscounted in my head. I was like, eight? 
out of 16. That's, that's, that's amazing. Good. I'll never remember the the ladies. Uh, you got Harvey Keitel, George yes. Clooney, Quentin Tarantino, Juliette Lewis, Selma Hayek, Cheech Marin, Tom Savini, Fred Williamson. Not no sure one would know. Probably John like Saxon, Kelly Preston, Mark Lawrence, Michael Parks, who's like in a lot of Tarantino. Right. Ernest Louis. No clue who that is. Danny Trejo. Tito Lariva and John Hawks right, are the sixteen. Right. So All for right. him to pull eight out of that, respect, insane. Well, you just confused Selma Hayek with Kathy. I know, I know, I know. Yeah, if you would have gone and Tom Zavini, you just I wouldn't have gotten Tom. But Zavini. see, yeah, he, I think he would have like yeah, yeah, the Zavini would have gotten. Yeah. All right, we are the movie masters. Um, so that was a good round of Maltons. We we got some stuff out of our system. We took to we went to some worlds, right? Yeah, I suppose. Dylan, why don't you take us out? Fuck you. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey everybody, thank you for tuning into this week's episode. Join us next time when we hopefully watch Puss in Boots, Babylon, and I want to dance with somebody. Hope I get to dance during that movie because we all love Whitney Houston, especially the first two albums. See you guys next time. Bye.